Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Delicious. Today is Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Um, alert listeners among you will know that this is not my usual podcast day. Uh, I did not podcast yesterday because I had to take the hubs down to Albuquerque for a root canal, which then ended up didn't happening. It's a story. Um, basically, it's a thing of shitty dental care when he was a kid. I totally believe this. Um, he grew up in a small rural town and he did. his teeth are coming apart now. And uh, so he was supposed to get this root canal yesterday and the uh, endodontist looked at it and said that actually the tooth is in such terrible shape, is crumbling so much that even if he did the root canal and they put a crown on it, it might come apart in six months. So he might have to do a bridge and all of this kind of thing. So, um, but anyway, I thought maybe I could get the podcast done before I left, but I couldn't. And ah, it's a thing. So yesterday was a little bit of a wasted day, but I, I was sad about it. I kind of took it in stride. I was, um, you know, we, we went to Starbucks actually twice <laughs> on the way down and on the way back. And, uh, yeah, and it was fine. So news from me, I know that, uh, I need to, I've, I've not, I haven't been talking about my own stuff so much cause I've had like industry things to talk about, but I think I forgot to tell you all the exciting news that we sold Italian rights for Onera. Woohoo! Yep, so it'll be translated into Italian. Some people ask me, um, so what does that mean? Uh, I, I have such a range of people who listen, you know, both industry folks and readers and other people. Um, other people here under the vast umbrella. Uh, so yeah, when you sell foreign rights, that means that they paid me money in euros. So actually I get more in dollars, which is nice. Um, paid me in advance. So it's like selling to an American publisher, but I sell to an Italian publisher and then they pay for the translation and they publish it. And it's interesting with foreign rights because you end up having very little control of the actual book, even more so than usual with traditional publishing um, because because um, in fact when I, I have been had books translated into Italian before and uh, you know like I found out and maybe and that was through Carina Press and Harlequin so maybe it will be a little bit different this time but like I found out about it when they when they published it, like my Google search turned up that <laughs> the book it published. And I hear this from lots of different authors. Um, like you get even less say than usual in covers. Um, there's no way. Well, I mean, there probably is a way, but in general, you, you have no idea how good the translation is. They, you know, they could have thrown in, I don't know, uh, I was trying to think of a good example and I couldn't come up with one. I, well, I wanted to say Don Quixote and then I became aware that was the wrong language. Anyway, you know, unless you have someone read it who knows the language well, and even then they would have to like tell you. Um, I've also had books translated into French 
same books that got translated into Italian. And I did study French in high school and in college. And like I read Les Jeux Sans Fait. Oh, the transcript's going to hate that. Um, entirely in French, you know, it's a short novel, but still. So I thought, well, I'm going to read my novel in French and, and see, here's my opportunity. And um, reader, I gave up really fast. It, it's a little excruciating to read your own book anyway. And then to read this erotic romance novel in French um, when I was incredibly rusty. Yeah, no. I've had that conversation with other writers too. We're like, oh, no, we'll just let it go. And that's what you have to do. You just have to let it go. Uh, I was talking with a friend the other day about the Italian rights. And she said that, and, and we have a couple other places interested too, places, countries, languages. So, um, but it's not firm yet. So I won't say anything yet. But she um, was, she'd had some books translated into various languages. And she was like, I never got royalties on any of those. Like you really hope for a good advance because um, it, it would be really difficult to audit their royalty statements and make them pay you. It would be interesting. Authors who listen to this, I know you're out there. Let me know if you have ever received royalties on a translation. Um, oh, and then other news on Onira, for which we still don't have a final title, but we're, we're nagging people about it. It's getting closer because we started talking covers. Yay! And, oh, I should have grabbed this before I started. Um, oh, I can find it. So Taurus sent me cover concept art. Now, what this means is this is very early stages, but they wanted to show me other book covers. They sent me three existing book covers, books out there in the world, and said, this is the kind of thing we're thinking about and wanted to get your feedback before we send it to the art department. So, so it's like not anything like my cover yet, but instead it's, this is the kind of thing we're thinking about. And, and they're really cool covers. It's, it's really neat stuff. Um, and mom, I sent you the email with those covers. I don't know if you saw it yet to your Comcast email. Uh, so, so this is great because they said, we thought of doing something dark, romantic, upmarket, and with roses. So, um, I think this is cool because, and the salient part here is upmarket. When I sent this to uh, Megan, she said, she asked if this could be the new tagline for her life, Megan, dark, romantic, upmarket, and with roses. And I said, yes, if it can be for both of us. And she agreed, absolutely. Um, upmarket means kind of that they're, in the, at least in the book business, um, that they're going to try to appeal to like a broader audience than just fantasy, which I think is great. That's part of why I wanted this book to go to trad um, because I thought that they would be able to launch it in a way that I would not. And shooting for an upmarket audience, which can include like book clubs kinds of things, that is an audience that's very difficult to reach as a self-publisher. So, 
Um, the covers they sent are are gorgeous. Um, and, and I could tell you, well, when they say dark and romantic, like they're looking at like a glossy black background and, um, and roses. So you all know, I have to name drop at this moment, that I get to email with Robin McKinley now, uh, since she was Grandmaster last year. And I want to email her because one of her things has been roses. And when I asked her for what kind of images she wanted for graphics to go along with her Grandmaster announcement, she said roses, like on these book covers, you know, lush romantic roses. So I'm going to email her and say, guess what? I get to have roses too. And one day I'm going to grow up and be Robin McKinley. So um, that's those exciting news on the book front. Um, I think I probably also did not say that we have changed the working title of Amethyst Run. I had my um, annual check-in with Sarah a week ago, Monday, a week ago yesterday, and we talked about all the things. And I've mentioned on here, it's one of the things that I really like about Sarah as an agent that she does this annual check-in and we kind of just go over all the plans, all the things. Um, and I talked about having, being deep into writing the Amethyst Run, which is no longer called the Amethyst Run, um, that I'm having to change things up. Uh, and part of it is, is because my original concept was too complex for how the story is being executed. This is what happens when you write intuitively um, and you're writing on spec, right? That I was like trying to predict where the story would go, which is not my forte. So um, I had, what I've done in this book is I have these various fey realms that are kind of in an in ascending order of magnitude of mysteriousness and power. And I did them in order of alchemical colors and gems. So amethyst is several layers in. And so I'm trying to explain this to Sarah saying, I don't think I can get them all the way to this, to amethyst, to the Fey realm of amethyst, that I'm only going to get them as far as like moonstone, which is the second. And I said, but one option would be to change up the order of the Fey realms. It doesn't have to be alchemical symbols. And Sarah said, let's make the series title be Order of the Fey Realms. And I was like, all right, done. And so now the working title for this book is The First Order of the Fey Realms. Um, how do you like that? I, I, it actually makes much more sense for the story and it conveys certain things. Um, she also amusingly, uh, I know I've told this elsewhere, but I don't think I've told it here. Um, she asked about how like hot this book is. And I said, well, it's a slow burn. And she gave me this look for those not on video. It was the, um, the blandly disapproving look. And she said, can we have some heat in the first book? And I said, well, it's kind of hard because it's like a lot of action in there, like on a short timeline and all of this. And she just keeps giving me the look. And she's like, really, it would help a whole lot on selling this book is if we could have some, some sex in the first book. And so, and I'm mentioning this because I know that this is the kind of thing where certain indies will 
you know, like throw up their hands in despair and be like, oh, they're telling me how to write my book. They told me I have to have sex at the first book. This is the kind, this is how the conversation actually occurs. Um, nobody tells you you have to do the thing, but your agent will give you look, the look and say, it would really help if. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, cause I love to write this stuff, right? I'm like, I, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll figure out how to do it. And she said, it doesn't have to be a lot. You can save the flogging for the second book. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Sarah, I do not have flogging in every book. And I told this to some other people and they were giving me grief about having flogging in every book. And I, so now I kind of want to go through my entire catalog and count up all of the books that do and don't have flogging because really there, it's not that many, but they're having a good time giving me grief about it. What are friends for? So, um, all of that's, that's going, I mean, the first order of the Fey realms is not going as fast as I would like it to, but do they ever? Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited seeing, uh, Onira coming together. So that's all the happy news. Then I have something I want to share with you. Um, because I feel like this is really important for um, newer writers in particular. And that is something about contest feedback, because I know that certainly back in the day, I did all kinds of entered all sorts of contests and it was a real roller coaster. And <laughs> so this thing happened where last year I entered dark wizard in a published book contest. And I want you to remember that this is a published book contest, right? The book's published. It's out there. Dark wizard for the record. Let me grab it. So dark wizard, I think you all know, and many of you have read has done well for me. And I love this book. Um, it has almost 800 ratings on Amazon, which is good for me. And it's standing at a 4.3. Um, and on Goodreads, it's got a 3.9 out of 5 uh, with almost 1,500 ratings. Uh, and having that good of a rating on Goodreads is great. It's great. I'm very happy with, with those ratings. I'm happy with how this book is done. I've reached new audiences with it. And that's part of why I thought, well, I'll enter this particular contest. Um, and I am filing off the serial numbers a bit, but it is with um, an organization that has been struggling some, uh, a subset of that organization. And I thought, well, you know, and I used to be much more heavily involved. So I thought, well, I'll support them and I'll enter Dark Wizard, even though I haven't entered any of my published books and anything for a really long time. I thought, oh, you know, Dark Wizard has a shot of winning and they have a really pretty trophy. And I mean, who am I kidding? That's, I, I'm driven by obtaining pretty trophies to put on the shelf. Uh, so I thought, yeah, might as well try it. So I entered the book and then there were organizational problems and um, I won't go into the weeds on this, but like when they were supposed to announce the finalists, they didn't. And they sent up a thing saying, oh gosh, you know, we're having problems. And then they didn't give the awards when they were supposed to. And then I never heard anything about it ever again. And mostly I forgot about it, right? 
But every once in a while I would think, I wonder what happened with that. And then I couldn't find anything on it. So, oh, my best beloved. The other day, this same organization asked me if I would be a final judge for their unpublished manuscript contest, which I have done before several times. And normally, I mean, if I can make it work, I, I will do this kind of thing. You all know I like to pay it forward. And I said, well, you know, let me think about it. And I said, but I really want to know what happened with the published book contest. Because I was going to be annoyed because they do take a $50 entry fee. I was going to be annoyed if they like never did the contest. That's like, is there an organizational problem here? I don't want to be supporting something where they're taking people's money and then like not actually pulling the contest together. So the gal running the unpublished contest didn't know, but she said, oh, I'll ask the gal running the published contest to, to contact you, which she did right away. So that, that was great. You know, and she was like, oh, I apologize. I was having trouble sending emails. Um, <laughs> and, but here are your scores. So she sent me the scores on the book. There were three judges and, uh, I got, and the book, I see, I still mess up on that. You all know that I really try to stay, say, instead of me, I say the book and I still slip up. It's an ongoing effort, like all things, right? So uh, the book got a 7.8, an 8, and a 4 out of 10. Now, these are very standard contest results for me. Um, and when I was very, very first newbie writer and I would get these things, um, I would, it would throw me into a pit of despair, right? Um, and someone explained to me that I have a very strong voice, strong voice in my books, strong voice here on the podcast. And when you have a very strong voice, it tends to be polarizing that you tend to get very high scores and very low scores. Um, but these are not very high. I mean, eight, no, 7.8. What did I say? Something like that. And they dropped the lowest score, but the worst part, people, is, is that there were comments with it. And I don't know why they ask for comments. You don't, I don't want to see comments on my published book. Uh, but, you know, of course, she emailed this to me. So I read them and they were devastating comments, people. Um, and I have, I, I don't like the metaphor of the thick skin, but stuff doesn't bother me much anymore these days. And these were a little painful for me. And here I am, you know, like with my Rita trophy, um, you know, plenty of validation, my six figure deal, all of this, uh, and, and evidence that this book is, you know, worthy, right? You know, I've got this decent rating on Amazon and these, um, people. So I'm just going to read you some of these comments because I feel like this is important to know, uh, that, like a book like mine would get comments like this. Uh, they said, um, found it really hard to get into the story due to the verbose narrative and run on sentences. Um, one character seemed almost too perfect, lacking significant character flaws. Uh, felt like the plot could have been executed better. Another one says, watch that the heroine doesn't read like a child. Her decisions were foolish and not believable most of the time. The hero was more developed but inconsistent in his behavior from sweet laid back to fit of anger. Uh, the one that gave me a four, of course, was the worst, uh, most vicious. Too much telling, too little showing. 
Um, the female character arc was solely situational and the male character was one note as opposed to the previous judge, right? Uh, the line writing, which, which even, what does that mean? What is line writing? The line writing felt immature and lengthy, interspersed with words most readers would have to stop and look up. Um, highly suggest hiring a developmental editor and or taking a workshop on line writing and character development. So why would you say this to somebody who's already published the book, right? It makes no sense. And I mean, you all know, I teach workshops on that. Maybe I should take my own workshop. Um, and so the take home message here is that, that these comments are, are not useful. I, and I've shared this with a number of people who've read the book and they're like, did they even read the same book? Which is what we go through, right? When you see reviews and, um, and I always tell people not to read reviews. I wish I hadn't read these comments because they did get in my head. And that's what happens. It, get, it gets in your head, even when it's patently stupid. Um, and some of this is patently stupid because there is no such thing as line writing. I don't even know what line writing means. Uh, so I did write back to the gal running the unpublished contest. And I said, I know this isn't your problem, but... Thank you for tracking down those results for me. I also had to ask the gal running the published contest where the final results had been posted. And it turned out, because I tried to look for him and I got a 404 error. And she's like, oh, the page had been down, but now it's back up again. I got it back up and I found it. And amusingly, the book who won that won in my category is a book that I blurbed, right? The world is full of irony. Uh but um, I, I wrote back and I said, you know, as, as a writer um, who cares about younger writers and as <clears throat> president of CIFWA, where part of our mission is to create a safe genre community, uh, I'm really bothered by the tone of these comments because, I mean, I didn't say it got under my skin. I'm sharing it with just all of us. Um, it got more under my skin more than it should have. And I can just imagine for a less experienced writer with less validation than I have had, that this would be ruinous. This would be so devastating and there's just not an excuse for it. So I told, I said that she should be feel to feel free to share with the board of directors for their organization and so forth, but that I couldn't put my name on the contest, even the unpublished contest, even though um, they're different. And she did say, she wrote back and said, well, you know, the unpublished contest is judged by, by professionals, not by readers. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't change much, does it? Um, I think it's a real problem that people running contests are not being more aware of this kind of thing. So I went a little long today, but I did want to share that with all of you. Um, you know, one trick, and I might do it, I might print, print out the page with these comments and burn it. Um, it actually works to get it out of your head. Um, and if you got something like this, hey, we're in it together. So uh, I hope you all have a great week, and I will talk to you all on Friday. You all take care. Bye-bye.